0: Blazer, and you're listening to Second Breaks, a show where we explore midlife transitions. In addition to hosting this podcast, I also write Midlife Cues, a weekly meditation on personal growth in midlife. I hope you'll check it out and subscribe at midlifecues.com. That's midlife, C-U-E-S, one word, dot com. So I started doing this thing about a couple years ago, and I only wish that I had started when I was younger, like in my 20s or 30s. So um, to put this in context, I always do some form of year-end reflection. Since 2021, though... I've added a new thing to my routine. I've started to write down lessons I've learned or key takeaways from my experiences of that year. So 21, 22, 23, I've now collected three years worth of lessons learned and I can only imagine what a treasure trove it would have been had I been doing this for years. They say that it's not about having the experiences per se that gain us the wisdom, that it's in reflecting on those experiences and extracting the insight where we gain the wisdom. I can only say (laughs) I agree. In the interest of sharing my midlife experience with you, I've decided to start a new tradition here on the podcast starting this year. I'm going to be sharing my annual lessons learned with you and really I'm doing it for a few reasons. Number one, to crystallize my learning. Number two, as a form of accountability. And number three, to hopefully discover common experiences with you and maybe form a deeper connection. That's my goal anyway, my hope. By the way, I've also recently written my year-end reflection process on midlife cues, specifically the 21 questions that I ask myself at year-end. Yeah, I I did say 21. But uh, I'm going to put a link on the show notes in case you're interested to have a look. There may be a handful there. In fact, I'm pretty sure there will be at least a handful there that you may want to adapt for your own practice. Okay, enough preamble. Here are my four takeaways from this year of my life. Number one, it's about who I become in pursuit of a goal. I'm pretty sure that you've heard the advice about loving the process more than the outcome. I've heard it so many times, but... As much as I can intellectually agree with it, I've had such a hard time internalizing and embracing it. I find myself still fixated on the outcome, the metric, the number, whatever it is that I'm trying to shoot for. And also, I find myself, distressingly enough, often repeating the mantra about loving the process, especially when I miss my target. So it began to sound, in my mind at least, as something I only say when I don't achieve what I want. Oh, you gotta love the process more than the outcome, Lou. This year, though, something clicked for me. I can't really trace it to any one particular experience or conversation or book even, but I remember I was writing on my journal one day earlier this year and I wrote this sentence, it's who I become in pursuit of my goal. A worthy goal usually pushes us to change our routine, shifts a behavior, make a leap. Working toward a goal means taking action, usually ones that are uncomfortable because they're new, awkward because we haven't mastered them, and scary because they push us outside our comfort zones. In the process, we become a different kind of person with new habits and new routines. We become people who wake up early to run, or people who love salads, or people who watch less TV, or people who take online classes, or people who write daily. At the very least, our goals turn us into people who commit, who initiate action, who aren't passive bystanders, but rather people who jump into the ring. I may not be able to embrace the whole love the process bit, but I can certainly get behind loving the kind of person I become in pursuit of my goals, whether I hit them or not. My second takeaway? Stress is contagious. I worked for close to two decades in highly stressful environments. And I say stressful because I was in a very competitive place where almost everyone was good at their jobs or are trying very hard to be. And most everyone wanted to move up the ladder of success. I was in on that game voluntarily. And weirdly, now that I think about it, quite happily. Do you know the story about the two young fish swimming along and uh they happen upon an older fish? And then the older fish asks, How's the water? And then the two young fish, after a while, looked at each other and asked, What the hell's water? That parable finally hit home after I left my corporate life. Suddenly I am no longer in that stressful environment, and whatever stress I may be experiencing was for the most part something of my doing, which meant I either put it there, sought it out, or didn't stop it from getting in. I say for the most part because yes, there are, of course, stresses in life that are outside of our control. This year in particular, I realized how much the environment wherein I find myself influences in a great degree how much stress I might end up experiencing. Now, I'm not very good at woo-woo, but I recognized myself that stress has a particular energy about it. And that energy is highly contagious. If you surround yourself with stressful energy for a period of time, you will inevitably absorb some of that energy. Several times this year, I found myself exhausted and stressed out after spending time in environments that were stressful, even if I didn't have anything personally to be stressed about. I found a new resolve this year to be as selective as I possibly can about the energy with which I surround myself. I know my brain and my body will thank me for it in the long run. My third lesson learned this year, gratitude is a choice. It isn't about making lists, although that is a good start, especially when you're not particularly feeling grateful. Now, I do have a some kind of a daily practice, if you must. One of the very first things that I do every day as soon as I wake up is start my 10 things list. And the very first item on that list is writing down one thing that I'm grateful for. Now, this daily practice, which I've been doing for at least three years now, has no doubt helped me feel more grateful about my life in general. It is definitely helping me start my day with a grateful spirit, which I think is the best way to start any day. However, after having done this practice for several years now, and particularly after a conversation that I had earlier this year with Holly Bertone and that conversation, uh, which was episode 201, link in the show notes, that conversation led me to a profound shift in how I now view gratitude. I realized that gratitude is more than a practice. It's definitely more than making lists. It's a state of being that we choose to be in, and it can be the lens through which we see our lives. I realized that the action of starting my day by identifying one thing for which I'm grateful, that that deceptively simple step is a forcing function for me, a sort of instruction that I send my brain first thing in the morning that this is the choice that I, I am making Today, I am choosing to be in a state of gratitude no matter what's going on around me or in my life, no matter the challenges and frustrations that I'm facing, no matter what happens, I am grateful to be here. And uh, the fourth uh, takeaway for me or a lesson learned for me this year, having a career is important to me. After leaving my corporate career, I didn't think that I had it in me to want to start a new one. Well, to be honest, those first few years, I didn't know what I really wanted to do next. I tried many, many things and almost all of them felt off and not quite right or something I couldn't manage to get really excited about. Then in 2021, I decided to live in Asia for extended periods of time. Now, I needed to give myself some emotional and mental space to be able to handle the uncertainty and the novelty and the new adventures that I was sure to face, not to mention I was going to be spending time with my mom, who was suffering from dementia. So there was also that emotional sort of um, uncertainty there or heaviness Um, That I knew that I was going to face. So in order to give myself enough space to be able to handle all of that, I decided to shut down everything that I was doing at that time, except for one thing, writing. I said I was going to continue to write. Now, that proved to be the right decision for me for many reasons. The most important one being that it led me to realize what I wanted to do next and for the rest of my life. (laughs) Or, you know, not to be so melodramatic, at least for the foreseeable future. One day, a couple months ago, I wrote on my journal that I want a writing career. And let me tell you, as soon as I wrote those words... All the random puzzle pieces fell into place. I want to direct my energy to building a writing career and growing as a writer. Writing these words and sharing them with you feels like... Sort of like a a coming home, to be perfectly candid. I now know not only that writing is something that I want to continue to do and get better at... But that I actually want to build a new career. I didn't think I'd ever feel this way again, but here I am. I am building a new career. I am building a writing career. Well, There you have it. (laughs) Those are my four lessons learned or key takeaways from 2023. Um, I would love to hear yours as well if you'd be open to sharing them. Um, I'm going to be converting this episode into a written post on the midlife q's website and uh, i'm gonna put a link to that written post on the show notes so you can click on that link and you can share your key takeaways on the comment section i would love 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 to hear from you um or you can also email me lou at secondbreaks.com or drop me a note on linkedin if you search for lou blazer on linkedin you'll find me uh, I would love to hear from you. Like I said, it's, 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 it's such a great experience. One of the best experiences I have is when I hear from or when I chat with uh, a Second Breaks listener or a Midlife Cues reader. So yeah, please just reach out. In the next episode, I'm going to be sharing my goals and plans for 2024. That's also part of my new sort of like going forward plans for the podcast or or intention to be uh, more open and uh, sharing my midlife experience with you. So that's going to be in two weeks time. Uh, So 2024 is when you'll hear from me again. In the meanwhile, I wish you the happiest holidays, my dear listener friends, and the very, very best new year can offer. I'll chat with you in a couple weeks. Cool beans.